Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to SEC Fan Talk, the show by SEC fans for SEC fans and your source for all SEC news, stats, scores, and more. Want to be a guest host? Sign up today at secfantalk.com. And now for your host, Brandon Bird, Luke Alsop, and Brad Rush. Welcome back, SEC fans. We hope you had a very happy Thanksgiving. This week we do not have Brad as he is out there in the bayou enjoying a little bit of his uh, whatever they do for Thanksgiving down there. Maybe rattlesnake, something like that. Yeah, Just it's kidding. definitely, uh, I don't think it's turkey and dressing down there. I think it's more like uh, crawfish etouffee and a little jambalaya for Thanksgiving. I'll take some jambalaya. I know in Brad, there's plenty of beer involved. PBRs for the hillbilly. PBRs. <laughs> a little, little natty light. Oh, yeah. He's got that, that Tennessee top hat billowing in the Louisiana sun down there. Enjoying him some tall boys and some crawfish. Uh, oh. <laughs> the week. <laughs> He plans his uh, his haircuts, or lack thereof, for his trip to Louisiana. <laughs> hey, get in where you fit in, right? <laughs> we do have myself, Brandon Bird, and Luke Alsop uh, running tonight's show. A little bit of SEC news before we jump into it. Uh, as of right now, of course, we are now recording on Sundays due to basketball season starting and needing to... Uh, not tie up our Tuesday night so that we can watch those as they are scheduled for every Tuesday night. As of right now, there's no games canceled for this upcoming week. And big news. And we knew what was going to happen regardless of COVID for Derek Mason. Now, the must champ thing, of course, a couple weeks ago was a shocker. But Derek Mason finally let go at the University of Vanderbilt. I've always told you I've had a very healthy respect for Derek Mason. I think he is great on the defense. Matter of fact, before his head coaching stint, he was basically, you know, wide receiver um, coach and then some uh, defensive coordinator positions. I think he's great with the defense. As a head coach, he was 27 and 55 overall, 10 and 46 in the SEC. He got him to two bowl games during his seven years, in which he lost both of them. I, you know, Luke, who do they get to, to come to Vandy? I mean, 
they certainly can't afford, nor would Muschamp put his reputation on the line for that. I mean, who do you get someone in there? I mean, could you even get someone like Eli Drinkowitz, you know, from him coming from Appalachian State to Missouri? Is he someone that Vanderbilt would even would have had a shot at or someone like him? I mean, with Vanderbilt, with the seriousness as they take their uh, football program and all of their sports and athletics, I mean, I say don't even hire any more coaches. Just close your eyes and just pick somebody out of the student body and see if they'll be willing to do it for free tuition. Because, I mean, uh, who who in their right mind is going to want to go to Vanderbilt? I mean, nobody knows what kind of coach Derek Mason actually is. Because if, that, if they're not going to give him any kind of support, uh, not support him in any way, shape, or form, him or any of the other athletic departments, uh, athletic facilities at Vanderbilt. I mean, what what does it matter? No, no serious coach is going to take that job. I mean, maybe they could step outside the box and try to get somebody that's like semi-famous to come there. Oh, you know, like you read my mind. You, you know who it is, right? Who's that? They're they're already. They're already very smart, intelligent. You know, they require a higher GPA. They demand more academically from their students. So they're already champions, right? Why don't you bring in head coach of champions for life, (laughs) five-star recruit, Mr. Butch Jones? Hey, why not? I mean, mean, Butch Jones, he's not going to do any worse than Derek Mason did. I mean, that's for sure. I mean, you you can't do any worse than what you're doing right now. So, I mean, I I don't know. I don't. You know, they can afford him. They don't spend the money on the facilities. They can afford him. Well, we'll see. Yeah. And here's my here's my problem. I, we've been saying it all season, and it just the more that this goes on, the more angry that I get that that Vanderbilt is sitting there receiving these massive paychecks from the Southeastern Conference. And they're not putting any of that money back into their the athletic programs. And it's just an embarrassment. And I've had enough of them. I mean, I would be thrilled if they kicked Vanderbilt out of the conference tomorrow and we brought in somebody like North Carolina or somebody like that. I mean, I'm just – I've had enough of them. I mean, it, to me, it, it's ridiculous that they are continuing to get these, you know, 30, 40, 50 million dollar paychecks off the backs of the SEC schools that are actually producing the funds. And they're not doing anything with it to help their athletics. If, if they were taking that money and, uh, you know, just. Distributing it evenly. I'm not saying they need, they need to even put it all back into the football program because I think that's kind of ridiculous. That that money should be for all the sports. I, I'm just tired of the rest of the conference, you know, paying them tens of millions of dollars a year for them not to even put forth any sort of effort whatsoever when it comes to the athletic department. Now, of course, with it being Sunday night, the rankings are not out yet, but we suspect that with Auburn's loss, they will drop uh, potentially out of the top 25 altogether. Georgia should rise a spot, and I would love to see Florida overtake Texas A&M, and your thoughts on Ohio just being dropped out completely considering their cancellation of games. Yeah, you're already starting to hear some rumblings. Now, I heard it on Saturday morning that, you know, this is what the second game that Ohio State has canceled. They're not rescheduling it. They're just canceling it to an already shortened season. So now they're down to six games. If they cancel one more, there is no way in hell that anybody could make a rational argument that they deserve to be in the top four if they only play four or five games i mean there's just no way it's i don't care how much they want to build up justin fields how much they want to talk about how great ohio state is if they only play four or five games that's it they're done i mean i would rather 
I would honestly rather see somebody like Notre Dame get in. I'm, I would rather see BYU or Cincinnati, somebody like that, get in that that wins all their they play ten games, win them all, and. I would rather see them there than Ohio State, who's going to end up playing four or five games. I mean, that's that should just be the end of the discussion right there. I agree. Uh, so that's going to jump us into a little bit of an audible question on this right here, since we're they're kind of go hand in hand. This week's audible in an ACC championship game coming up. Assuming that Trevor Lawrence doesn't have a you know second COVID attack. And uh, he comes in and he beats Notre Dame by 30 points. What happens with the college football playoffs at that point? Uh, does Notre Dame drop out and Clemson back in it? What uh, What do we see with that? I mean, you have to have Clemson in there. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how that ACC championship game plays out because I can honestly – see Clemson with a healthy Trevor Lawrence going in and beating Notre Dame by four touchdowns and it just annihilating them, you know, and if that happens, then what do you do? Um, You know, if, if that scenario plays itself out, Notre Dame just gets a mud hole stomped into them, um, you know, then, then who are the other teams out there, especially if Ohio State only ends up with four or five games? I mean, what happens if Texas A&M wins out the rest of the year and their only loss was to Alabama? Yeah, they got beat pretty handedly, but, you know, they played ten games and they won nine of them. Um, what do you do? Do you, do you let somebody like BYU in or do you let somebody like Cincinnati in? Um I think that's way more fair. You let somebody yeah, in. Yeah, you, you're going to you're going to have to let somebody in because <sighs> you can't have two ACC teams with a one-loss record in the top. You you just No, it, no, not coming from People that. threw a fit a, a couple years ago with Georgia and Alabama with um Alabama as a one-loss, you know, to Georgia uh, from the SEC Championship. People threw a fit, but that's a SEC guys. These, I mean, who else does Notre Dame and Clemson play? Really? Yeah, exactly. And and here's a scenario for you: What if in the SEC championship game, Florida only gets beat by Alabama by a last second field goal? You know, and then you're sitting there, and you're are you really going to leave Florida out? I mean, granted, they've got two losses, but to me. If that scenario played out, they deserve to be there way more than somebody than than a, a, a second ACC team or somebody like Ohio State that's going to play four games this year, whatever they end up playing. You know, somebody. And this could be a perfect opportunity for one of these smaller programs to be able to make a case to be into that playoff spot and. Um, you know, it, it's going to be a travesty, though, if they end up awarding Ohio State one of these four spots if they play only four or five games and the one decent team that they played all season, they should have got beat by. Uh, and Justin Fields threw, yes. throws three yeah. interceptions and uh, only throws for 300 yards. And if it wasn't for Ohio State's running backs running for, you know, over 300 yards or whatever it was against Indiana – they lose that game. Um, so, yeah, it, yeah, Ohio State, there's there's no way that you could make a logical argument that they should be in there if if they only play four or five games. And no – and no, Yeah, that's, that's, yeah the, and no second – The eight, SEC is team. postponing games. Big Ten is canceling games. You know, it makes a huge difference, and, and – to even see, we've been talking a couple the past couple of weeks about quarterback rankings and seeing Justin Fields in there is just absolutely crazy. I mean, he's still they still have him in in second, um, above Kyle Trask. I mean, yeah, that's it's insane. I mean, they're 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 trading these QBR rankings like they are like the logic there of behind the uh, whole COVID thing. Like, 
you look at the numbers and then you hear what people are telling you and you're like, something just doesn't add up here. So I, I don't, I don't know what it is, but, uh, but yeah, I don't see how you can have Justin Fields is one of the, especially above Kyle Trask. Are you out of your mind? I mean, that that's insanity. Speaking of Kyle Trask, we'll jump right into last week's game and, uh, uh, once again, ha- adding a little bit of basketball to this, we'll try to uh, speed these processes up. Kentucky visiting Florida. Uh, Kentucky now uh, three and six after only putting up ten points to Florida's thirty-four. Florida moving on seven and one. Kyle Trasco's twenty-one for twenty-seven, two hundred and fifty-six yards and three touchdowns. All three of those, all three of them, to returning Mister Kyle Pitts. Uh, as he comes back in after sitting out for 10 quarters. They had about 100 yards rushing as a team. Wilson over at Kentucky goes 10 for 18, 62 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. Kentucky with 159 yards on the ground. I'll let you go ahead and talk about this game. Yeah, Kentucky, their quarterback woes just continue. I mean, Terry Wilson is not good. Joey Gatewood is not good. Um, You know, I'm sure they're phenomenal athletes, but they're not quarterbacks for the SEC. Uh, Kentucky had a very solid rushing game, but that only lasted for one half. And then Florida just stacked the box against them and forced Terry Wilson to try to beat them, which he could not do. Um, and, you know, F- Florida, they just they just rolled on, and, um, you know, they, they took care of Kentucky pretty handedly, which I did like to see Kyle Pitts back in to see him. Uh, there was a little bit of talk of a couple of days leading up to the game by uh, Mr. Joseph, uh, the corner from, uh, from Kentucky, saying that he was going to shut Kyle Pitts down and Florida decided to make an example of that young man this past Saturday by <laughs> giving Mr. Pitts three touchdowns. So, uh, But, yeah, Florida handled – they took care of business handedly and, um, you know, they took Trask out about halfway through the fourth quarter. Um, he could have easily thrown for another touchdown. Um, but, but, yeah, that game pretty much went about the way everyone expected it to. They did. Kentucky shut out first, third, and fourth quarters, only scoring their 10 points in the second. What uh, an outstanding game for Florida as they proved their dominance in the East. Moving on to the second game, Vanderbilt, the snooze fest of the week. I still haven't made that soundbite for you, Brad, but I promise I'll get on that. <laughs> Vandy putting up a goose egg and moving to 0-8, and eight, leading, of course, to the firing of Derek Mason. Mizzou puts up 41 points, going four. Uh, they're four for four now. Basilak, 30 for 37, 318 yards, zero touchdowns. The leading SEC AARP member, Roundtree, puts <laughs> up 160 yards on the ground and 21 points for Mizzou. He is uh, he's definitely stacking it up for his early retirement. Yeah, I mean he's the only player with a four hundred one k out there. So <laughs> Vanderbilt did have his most positive media attention since James Franklin got them their nine and two season with their star soccer goalie Miss Fuller. She was scheduled to be the kicker. Unfortunately, Vanderbilt couldn't get close enough to attempt a field goal, <laughs> so she did uh, get to shake off her nerves and got to kick the second half kickoff. Congratulations to Fuller for becoming the first female to play in the SEC football. Yeah, I mean, let's face it. It, it was a publicity stunt by Vanderbilt, but at the same time, congratulations to Sarah Fuller. I mean, she, she handled the whole thing like a champ. And, um, you know, I, I, I was personally really rooting for her. I was hoping Vandy would get into field goal range. So she would have a chance to show what she could do. Uh, because then you could say, okay, it is a publicity stunt, but if she kicks a field goal in an actual game, an SEC game, then you have to give the girl credit, you know? Um, so, uh, um, they just couldn't get close enough for her to have an attempt. Yeah, they, they couldn't. And, and, you know, whoever's decision that was 
to 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 go to the women's soccer team and try to to make this thing happen i mean you you got to give them credit i mean Vanderbilt had maybe they should go to the women's lacrosse team and get some Vanderbilt football <laughs> they, players. They, it probably wouldn't hurt, but you know, I mean, hats off to whoever came up with the idea because it had more people talking about Vanderbilt football in the last, you know, 24 hours than has been talked about them nationally in the last 24 years. So, you know, hats off. To Could you see that. the, uh, the cable statistics on that? Up, down, people just flicking back and forth to see if she's doing it. Yeah, up, down, up, down. Then you hear, oh, she's going to kick off the second half. There's this big boost right there, 30 seconds later. Yeah, it drops off. Gone. (laughs) And that's that. Moving on to the next one, Auburn 13, Alabama 42. The Iron Bowl ends in absolute victory for Alabama, moving on 8-0. Auburn falling to five and three should fall off of the rankings other than bum Nicks, (laughs) Brad, other than bum Nicks entering into the end zone himself into the fourth quarter. No other Auburn players got to celebrate other than their kicker who made two field goals himself. Bum 23 for 38, 227 yards and two interceptions. (laughs) It is so hard (laughs) to not laugh. (laughs) He will forever be known Mac as Jones. Bum Nicks to me. That is it. That is it. If, if you like the hashtag Bum Nicks, please visit our store, secfantalk.com, or Facebook. We'll give you a link to the store and get your Bum Nicks t-shirt today. <laughs> Mac Jones went 18 for 26, 302 yards, five touchdowns. All of that yardage, all of those touchdowns, plus another 153 yards on the ground. I believe Najee Harris put one in himself, too. Not much to talk about on that. Alabama, 5-3. and three. What should they be, Luke? Oh, 3-5. At best, 3-5. and five. Auburn. They did not have the on-payroll officials at this game because it was in Tuscaloosa. That's true. That's true. I mean, even they, even if they would have had, you know, a uh, a whole boatload of officials, it wasn't going to help them in this. This was just a a bloodbath, and you know, Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, they just keep battling it out. You know, they're. They I are. mean, you talk about some serious hype that's going to go into this Alabama game. You're going to have the two best quarterbacks, arguably, in the country. And the two best offenses, arguably, in the, the Heisman showdown. Yeah, it's going to be a Heisman showdown in Atlanta, and it is it is going to be one hell of a football game because it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting, and it's going to be a lot of points scored. And you know, I I think just a little segue. I, I think leading up to the SEC championship game, this actually helps both teams because both teams are so similar. Their defenses are average to slightly above average, but their offenses are off the charts. So, you know, it's going to come down to, you know, who makes the most stops in that game. And uh, I'm, it, it's going to end up being, you know, a, a 45 to 42 game or something like that, I think. Hopefully Florida can pull it out. Florida can absolutely beat Alabama. Their offenses are equal. Um, whether they will or not is a totally different, totally different question. Their defense better put it together. Dan Mullins, I don't. Do you did you pay attention to the sideline? Oh yeah, absolute butt chewing <laughs> oh, yeah. that he was giving. Yeah, he did just before going in at half. Yeah, and and it was it was deserved because Kentucky was running the ball just up and down the field on Florida. They, you know, Florida did the exact same thing against Vanderbilt the week before. But yeah, it, it, it was a severe butt chewing that was well-deserved. Maybe we see a must champ hire before the Alabama game oh. down there for defensive coordinator. <sighs> Don't get my hopes up. <laughs> Moving on to what we, uh, <laughs> predicted would be the battle of the air raid offenses and it sure was it ended with a rebel victory Ole Miss 31 Mississippi State 
24. Mississippi State falling to two and six. Old Miss uh, moving ahead to a 500 season at four and four. The slow start for Mississippi State hurt them absolutely tremendously, not scoring anything in the first quarter. Will Rogers goes 45 for 61, <laughs> 440 yards, three touchdowns. Meanwhile, Matt Corral goes 24 for 36, 385 yards, two touchdowns. But Old Miss adding the rushing game helped with 163 yards on the ground. Um, that aspect of it that Mississippi State just doesn't have or doesn't want to have, you know, what they're. I guess what Leach is, has designed it for is just in the air, in the air, in the air, and 440 yards is definitely a whole bunch of passing in the air. They just couldn't hold it out. Uh, kudos to Ole Miss for the win. You know, if he gets, like we've said, if he gets a couple key personnel and key players, Lane Kiffin is going to be a force to reckon with down in Mississippi. Yeah, he definitely is. He definitely is. And I, I – I think you could say the same thing about Mike Leach. You know, he if if he gets a couple of players, if he can get some some of the offensive firepower that he needs to run that offense, they've they've got a lot of potential there. But Ole Miss is looking really nice right now, and them hiring Lane Kiffin was was a fantastic hire um, so far for for Ole Miss and. That was a it was a really exciting game, honestly. Um it it really came down to the wire. They keep showing improvement. They've got uh it's between well, not so much Tennessee now, but Tennessee, Ole Miss, and LSU for Arch Manning to come up. Um uh, <laughs> Ole Miss is looking the best out of the three of those choices right now. So yeah. it's it's that's a that'll be an interesting pick. Maybe he should. We, we want him to do it low key because if he goes up and does it in Times Square, those guys have proven not to be worth a damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if Ole Miss can get him, I mean, yeah, watch out. Speaking of LSU, uh, they drop. LSU only puts up seven to Texas A&M's twenty. Two and five now for LSU. Five and two for Texas A&M. Split quarterbacks, Finley and Johnson combined go 23 for 47, 231 yards, and Johnson hit a touchdown. Two interceptions thrown by Finley. They just could not get it offensively together at all. And Mond didn't look any better. He went 11 for 34, 105 yards. Just looked awful out there. Um, Spiller wraps it up for Texas A&M. He had 141 yards and a touchdown. Only a single trip, Luke, into the end zone for each team. You know, who who would have known that this game would challenge the Vandy Missouri for the Snooze Fest game of the week? A single trip into the end zone uh, for each team. The rest of it is done uh, all by kickers. LSU's just looking horrible. Horrible. God. And now they got players opting out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now you got Terrence Marshall. He's. He said enough is enough, and I I don't blame him one bit. LSU, I knew that they were going to be in for a rough year, but that doesn't even begin to explain the problems that they've got there down in Baton Rouge. Um, you know, you, you try to roll with the freshman phenom in Finley, um, and he just looked horrific. There was no way that they could logically keep him into the game. Uh, they they tried mixing it up with a couple of other quarterbacks, and it, it it just didn't work out for them. So they've got a lot to fix down there, um, and they're they're going to have to do it quickly. Uh, they're going to give Orgeron a little bit of slack, considering what they did last year, uh, but. But yeah, LSU's got some serious problems moving forward, and um, you know it's I, I don't, like I said I don't blame Mr. Marshall for for opting out. He he had nothing to gain by remaining on for the last two games, and he had everything to lose. So you know he he's going to be 
an NFL draft choice. He's probably going to go on the first day. How could you not take him? I mean, the kid's really good. So, smart decision on his part. But, yeah, there is trouble brewing down in the bayou. That's right. Speaking of maybe not the best of performances by a quarterback, now, why would you have some huge quarterback numbers when you are rushing it and rushing it and rushing it? Matter of fact, four rushing touchdowns to give Georgia the win over South Carolina. Georgia 45, South Carolina 16. Georgia moving to 6-2 and two, while Carolina falls coachless to 2-7. and seven. Daniels only 10 for 16, 139 yards, two touchdowns and an interception uh, is what I was referring to. You know, not when you're running it, like I said, when you're running it that well, why pass it? Why take the the risk? Especially, you know, he had the one pick on him there. But I'm not sure if JT Daniels is the answer that the Georgia fans need. We always, we've already said a couple weeks ago that Kirby Smart has found himself in a situation where he has a really good team and no quarterbacks to take the snaps, uh, which another year of that, and Georgia fans will not tolerate it. That's true, but at the same time, you know, JT Daniels, the last, I mean, in, he he was, what, 10 for 16, but he still had 160-something yards, and, you know, when you're getting 16 yards plus per completion, that's pretty good. And, yeah, like you were saying, they didn't have to throw the ball. They didn't. Um, yeah, this game is not one to judge him on and looking at his stats on. I mean, because that's that. Yeah, that's. Yeah. And, and, that, the was the big, and, and that was the big question with him. It, and, you know, a lot of people were saying, well, why wasn't Daniel starting, you know, a couple of weeks ago against Florida? Because he's, he's obviously. Hurt. And if they go in, they go in there well, and take him out at the knees and he's done. Well, see, that was that was what a lot of this talk was going on down there in Athens is because his doctors apparently had cleared him to play by the time that they played Florida. But Kirby Smart and the rest of the Georgia staff had kept talking about how JT Daniels just didn't look good in practice and he wasn't making the good throws in practice, which is understandable. If he's not performing in practice, why put him in the game? But maybe putting him in that game, maybe he's just one of those guys that just, you know, he, he's not a practice guy. And, you know, but when you put him out there on game day, you know, he, he can really spin it. And the kid's got uh, – We call that opposite Garantano effect. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, the kid – I mean, he's, he's definitely got a stronger arm than uh, – than Stetson Bennett and oh yeah you know and he, he and he can see over the line he can see over the line and he made better decisions um you know so so I think I, I think Georgia is, is okay for the rest of the year uh with with Daniels under center but uh but yeah that was a uh, you know South Carolina they better get their coaching situation fixed and fixed in a hurry because every day that they miss out on a head coach is a day that they miss out on an already difficult recruiting trail. Mm. Mm. With early signing just around the corner. Moving into the SEC Week 11. This is Week 11 for the SEC Week 14 of college football. We have uh, we don't have um, the start times yet, which is weird, uh, other than a couple of the games. But uh, seeing how they're laid out, we'll just assume some of these. Texas A&M at Auburn is more than likely a noon Eastern start time on ESPN. Luke, I like Texas A&M on this, but I only like them by about a point. Literally, 21-20 is how I'm feeling with an A&M victory. Yeah, I I, th- I think you're right. I could see this going one or two ways. I, well, actually, who knows about this game? Because if Kellen Mond it, comes it out. It is at Auburn. And, they're going to have officials. Yeah, they're going to have the officials on their side. So they got that going for him. And, you know, I tell you what, if Kellen Mond 
plays like he did this coming Saturday, is he, if he plays that way against Auburn, Auburn will beat them. That I'm, they will beat them because their defense is is not too bad. Um, so, you know, it, this is it's a really tough one to pick because I mean I could see Auburn pulling out the upset and and beating them by a point or two or three. And on the other hand, if Kellen Mond comes out with a hot hand you know they could run auburn out of the building um and beat them by three why do you think i got it as a one point game (laughs) but i i think if if you have a if you have a two second reaction what is it go uh i'm gonna go texas a&m i think kellen mond turns it around and i think it's gonna be a close one i think it's gonna be a 27 21 ball game texas a&m The next one that's on the lineup is the first of two CBS game of the week. This one, the, of course, the 3.30 Eastern is at Neyland Stadium, Florida at Tennessee. We all know what kind of butt whooping this is going to be. I'm, I'm going to be very generous and say Florida pulls this one out 38-10. We know what Kyle Trask is capable of. We know what Kyle Pitts is capable of. We know what Tennessee is not capable of. And Kyle Pitts to uh, Kyle Trask to Kyle Pitts over the middle of the field where Tennessee has just shown, not for just this year, not for just Pruitt's era, for Botch Jones' era too, they have shown to be atrocious in the middle of the field on defense. And Florida is going to take advantage of them. And, 38 points is being very, very generous um, for Florida. Yeah, I, this one's going to be a tough one for Tennessee. They're just they're just not going to have the horses to be able to to run with Florida. Maybe Garantano shows out this game and at least keeps it entertaining. I think that's the the only way that people are going to continue to watch this game going into the fourth quarter. But, you know, either way, I'm, I think Florida is going to put up 40 points on them. Um, I think it's going to be a, a 41 to 20 ball game. 20. That's being nice. That's saying that they score 20 means that they don't start Garantano. They throw Bailey in there and, let him have it. And that's one of the things that's going to help keep the monkeys off Jeremy Pruitt's back is to get rid of JG. I mean, that's uh, sit him down. Yeah. And with one, one thing that Tennessee is going to have going for him is, is Florida's defense is not that great. I mean, they're, they're actually not that good. Um, so Eric know, Gray on the ground with 220 yards, maybe he gives them, maybe yeah, he gives I mean, them 20 points that that's very possible they could they could definitely run for 200 yards against florida because florida's biggest weakness is, is their their run defense um their their secondary is pretty solid uh so so i i give florida secondary the edge over tennessee's receivers but when it comes to the ground game tennessee definitely has the edge on the ground against florida's run defense Moving on to a game that we are assuming is also going to be at the 330 spot. Uh, maybe on ESPN Ocho or ESPN 454. You know, they have so many channels. This one definitely an absolute blowout. Maybe Georgia starts their... Uh, their third string and plays them the whole game. This is Vanderbilt traveling down to Athens uh, to play the Georgia Bulldogs. I've got this thing as Georgia 41 to seven, not much to talk about on this, Uh, have an interim head coach in there for Vandy on a season that is already absolutely destroyed. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no hope for Vandy on this one. Um, They, they might as well just save the gas money and just, 
just go ahead and forfeit this one because, I mean, yeah, this is going to be a beating. I don't even see Vandy even scoring seven points against Georgia's defense. You know, I I think it's going to be I, – I like that 41 points. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a, a 40 – I honestly think it's going to be – I'm going to call it right now 41 to nothing. And Vanderbilt's not going to score a point. And I honestly think – it depends on how Kirby plays this. He might want to see what JT Daniels has really got. And if 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 he turns that kid let's loose. Let's him air it out. Right? Yeah, if he but turns it, him and, loose. And he's known for throwing an interception or two. So if he if he does that at the 20-yard line, I give him seven because of a pick six. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it, it's possible. It's possible. And who knows? Vandy could come out and surprise us and put 17 points on the board. But either way, they're going to get throttled either way. So. To the next one, which is usually a four o'clock. Uh, the next one, and probably on SEC Network, is South Carolina at Kentucky. Uh, based on these two teams, I, I kind of look at them as both, the, they're kind of like the same team. Uh, it's a nothing major. Maybe maybe the snooze fest game right here. Maybe we'll we'll see how it plays out. I am going to pick Kentucky over this because they have a head coach who has continuously improved the program year by year. But I'm only giving them the win by seven. My my pick on this is Kentucky fourteen to seven. Yeah, I think that's a pretty pretty good pick. I, I'm like you. I, I think Kentucky will do enough to win this game. Um, I mean, South Carolina, they're just in so much trouble. Uh, and Kentucky does have a pretty good defense, especially in that that secondary is pretty good. So Colin Hill is going to have a hard time getting yards. And so Kentucky's probably just going to stack the box and try to stop the run. But it is, it, it's going to be an ugly game. They're probably going to have, I'm going to guess, about 61 punts in this game. So <laughs> I, I would take Kentucky. I'm going to take Kentucky uh, 17 to 9 over South Carolina. Uh, moving us to, like I said, the game times are to be determined are, um, as of Sunday evening. Uh, this would normally be the 7 o'clock game spot right here. Uh, is Arkansas at Missouri. You know, this could turn out to be one of the best games of the week, even though we have one more to talk about, and that is the primetime game of the week. This one could be the most exciting game. Arkansas uh, proving with Felipe Franks to have the deep ball and, and give some exciting offense. And they their defense, you know, leading the league in interceptions. Um, you know, they I think it'll be an interesting game. Unfortunately, it being played at Mizzou with whom's standard of college stadiums is right alongside of Vanderbilt. Yeah. I uh, do pick Arkansas to win this by a close margin of 28 to 24. I absolutely agree with you. I think this is going to be the game of the weekend. I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I I, I think Felipe Franks has a really good game, and uh, um, Connor Baslick has a good game too. So I think there's going to be points put up on the board. It's going to be entertaining to watch, and I think you're going to see uh, numerous lead changes in this game. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm also going to take Arkansas. I'm going to, I'm going to say it's going to be a 31 to 28 ball game, Arkansas. And now for our second CBS game of the week. This one is a eight o'clock Eastern game at LSU down in the Bayou, Alabama travels to LSU. And I've already got mine written down here. Well, uh, let me hear yours first, can, and uh, we'll see how close we are on that. I know who you're picking. I just want to hear <laughs> what you think the score is going to be. Uh, well, it depends. Does the scoreboard reach triple digits? Because that <laughs> might be a possibility. Um, I mean, th- this one's going to be – this one's going to be brutal. I mean, maybe – 
maybe uh they, maybe have, they have to just start keeping quantity of touchdowns and use a multiplier yeah exactly i don't know maybe like oregon state and stanford is playing that'll give us a better game or something but yeah this is just going to be murder ball at its finest and it's i mean they're gonna hang at least 50 on them so i'm gonna say it's gonna be a 50 to 13 <laughs> i mean it's it's gonna be brutal we were close on that pick. I have Alabama 42, LSU 7. A notable game outside of the SEC to watch this weekend, and about the only notable game that I could run across is Wisconsin and Indiana, who's looking very, very good this year. Um, so if, if uh, you find yourself uh, not entertained with Alabama and LSU or Vanderbilt and Georgia... You could always watch the one other game outside of the SEC that seems like it's going to be a good one this week. One last thing before we sign off for the end is a little bit of basketball. Uh, Of course, Tennessee and Florida both not playing right now. The men's uh, Arkansas with a little bit more positive nude from the from uh, their sports program as they lead the conference with a two and oh record followed by a bunch of people with just uh, one game that they played last week and sitting 1-0 and is uh, Alabama, Missouri, Georgia, A&M, and Vanderbilt. Auburn and Kentucky both sit at 1-1. One and one. Kentucky with that loss to Richmond, which was very uh, unexpected, especially uh, coming in 1-1 one and one to this week's uh, Tuesday night game where they play Kansas, uh, ranked number six. The women's... Uh, SEC basketball, on the other hand, South Carolina, number one in the nation, is leading 3-0. and Auburn, Alabama, Georgia, A&M, Kentucky, all 2-0 and in women's basketball. Florida, Missouri, Mississippi State, and Tennessee, 1-0. and um, Arkansas, 3-1. and uh, And then... That's about all there was. Uh, Ole Miss and Vanderbilt have yet to play. The LSU ladies have fallen twice. Um, basketball starting off siding. It's going to be weird to see how these schedules go. They have pretty much locked them all up after these first couple weeks here of of some out-of-conference play. They're going to pretty much lock them into just inter-conference and play each other a handful of times to finish out the season. So it'll be uh, very weird with that and and how the tournament is going to go this year. My question is, Luke, are you, what are we, a month? We're sitting right at a month before football is done. I, I know you like to hop on the recruiting trail and see how things are going, and it looks like we're going to have more of a coaching carousel or at least talk about who is looking at hiring whom, which we didn't think we were going to have at the end of the football season. Basketball uh, may show up to be a little bit more boring this year uh, with just interconference play. You know, you don't get the big um, Kentucky and Duke games and so forth and Virginia games and uh, some of the ones that, like I said, were scheduled early on with like Tennessee and Gonzaga. Uh, Looks like they'll either be canceled or postponed at this time. Yeah, you could, you know, when it when it comes to football, yeah, recruiting, uh, National Signing Day um, coming up in just a few months, and uh, I'm going to be keeping a close eye on uh, on all the SEC teams, and hopefully, be able to give some consistent updates on where each team stands uh, heading into Signing Day. Um, yeah, there, there's going to be – Derek Mason is not going to be the last coach fired at the end of this season. Um, you know, the the rumblings now are – is Tom Herman going to be out at Texas and are they going to back the Wells Fargo truck up to Urban Meyer's house to see if they can't tempt him to come to Texas? Um, so – uh, that could be something to look at moving forward because I, I think Tom Herman's time is is just about come to an end in Texas. So that's uh, that's something that we can you can keep an eye on. Um, and 
yeah other than that yeah the the basketball is you know it is what it is if they if they're just gonna keep limiting how many games and where these kids can play then there's only so much excitement that you're gonna see hopefully uh you know, uh, all the excitement's going to be coming out of the ACC with Duke and North Carolina, so um, and Virginia. So, uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting year for SEC basketball this year. Kentucky, I'm sure, is going to have a very good foot uh, basketball team like they like they normally have. Might take them a little while to get the kinks out, but but they sh- they should be just fine and. You know, South Carolina's women's team, I mean, Stanley, she, uh, or Staley, she's, she's put together a heck of a program, uh, in Columbia. So hats off to her because South Carolina, they need all the good publicity they can get. And yeah, so it's probably the only place that's going to come from is the women's basketball team for the foreseeable future out of South Carolina. Well, we're going to wrap it up for episode 15, week 11 of the SEC. I hate that we're calling out our picks for December 5th already. It just, where has the season gone? Uh, Luckily, uh, we've got games moving out to like December 19th for some makeup games. Uh, so we got a little bit more of regular season football. Guys, if you're interested to be a guest host, sign up at secfantalk.com. Guest hosts have the option of joining in with this show, or if you want to do a show about uh, your specific team, we can do that. I personally host the uh, Tennessee Vols Fan Talk. we got Luke here that does the Florida Gator Chomp <laughs> Fan Talk. <laughs> And we can get uh, you can get on that and just spend the whole uh, segment talking about your team and whatever topics that uh, that that you want to talk about. Be sure to follow us at Twitter at SEC Fan Talk. The same for Instagram and Facebook. For myself, Brandon Bird, Mister Brad Rush, who was not here tonight, could have used a little bit of your hillbilly quips there tonight. <laughs> And for Luke Alsop, Luke, as always, I appreciate you. Yes, sir. It's a lot of fun. Go Gators and Trask for Heisman. Trask is for Heisman. And uh, speaking of, stop by the shop at SEC Fan Talk today and get your Trask for Heisman t-shirt available in both short sleeve and long sleeve, depending on the weather that you're at. And we should be throwing a little December sale on that. So check that out. If you have an idea uh, for a little shirt like a hashtag bum nicks, let us know. <laughs> we'll get something made for you. Join the show uh, and we'll, we'll send you over a shirt. So who gets to pick up Brad's famous sign off? You going to pick it up? I guess I can. Well, SEC, it just means more. (laughs) Thanks, everyone.